listening to First Church Charlotte. And Sister Foster here ministering to us today. Brother Foster, come open your heart. You're the man of God for this service. We receive you. Church, put your hands together and let's receive Brother Foster right now. Love you. Thank you, Pastor. Give somebody a Holy Ghost high five and say, I like what I feel in the house this morning. church. The power of God is in the house. The worship, the worship team, the band, the, the, the saints magnifying God is absolutely fantastic. I love what I feel in this place. I love what God's doing in this place. Amen, amen, amen. Thank God for Pastor Nathan and Sister Charla. You're, you're fabulous, incredible pastor. Uh, doing a wonderful job leading this church. And uh, I just uh, th- I thank God for them. And I know you do, but I just want to encourage you to thank God for them every day. And pray for them every day. Amen. Amen. I thank God for Brother and Sister Elms. Love those folks. We go way back. Back further than, than we care to admit. But no, you know, we're none of us are really that old. <laughs> but we love these folks and we've had such great fellowship with uh, Pastor uh, Nathan and Sister Charla and Brother and Sister Elms and uh, just been like old times. And I just love what God's doing here. And I know you thank God for what God's doing here. Look at the crowd. Just look around. Look at the crowd in this 11 o'clock service. My, my. You, you know, it could be. Uh, it could be. You're going to have to go to three services on Sunday morning. I mean, it's going to work you harder, Pastor. It's going to work you harder, but that that may be. Uh, that's the that's the price of growth. But you know, it's great seeing seeing folks come in, seeing lives change, power of the Holy Ghost taking over. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And then and then what an honor it is for Paul and I to be here with Pastor and Sister Charlie and with Brother and Sister Elms and in, in, in this Passion Week. A week of dedicating ourselves and consecrating ourselves and going deeper in the Lord. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, again, I love what I feel here. I'm honored to be here. And I just want to preach to you for a few minutes out of my heart. And I want to talk to you today. Ah, That's good. I want to talk to you today on this subject. How will you handle your baggage? Turn around to somebody and say, how will you handle your baggage? (laughs) Now look at somebody else say, I said, are you going to take care of business? 
life is a series of challenges. If you've not recognized that yet, if you will just live a few more days, you will begin to recognize that. Life leads from one challenge to the next. Uh, and, and we find out that there are some things in life that get in our way. There are some things that sometimes we've got to push aside. There's some things we need to lay down. There's some things we need to get rid of. There's some things we need to cut out of our life. That happens at times. There's some, what am I doing? I can't. She said, tell them about the no tie. Oh, no tie. All right. Somebody, somebody give it up for my sweetheart over here, okay? Come up here, baby. Come here. Come here. Come on, baby girl. Come here. Come on, baby girl. Thank you. Thank you for looking out after me. And you just stand right there. And I just want to give you a kiss. Come on. Come on, baby girl. tell you something. I met her 50 years ago this year. We got married 47 years ago. We're not really that old. We got married and we were five. Thank you. But she has been helping me all this time. And she helped me today because she wanted me to tell you about No Tie Sunday. All right? You know, you, you know. pastor told me, pastor said, just make yourself, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to make yourself at home. So I got up this morning and I said, baby, I'm going to do what pastor said. He said, be comfortable, make yourself at home. I'm going to call No Tie Sunday today. And so... So I'm, I'm preaching to you today the way I did when I pastored uh, on, at our church, the Pentecostals of the Twin Cities in West Monroe, Louisiana, big 91-year-old church. And uh, on Sunday mornings, I, I declared no tie Sunday, and I preached with no tie. So today, for me, I declare no tie Sunday. And are we having fun yet? All right. But there, I love you, baby girl. All right. There's some things that you're going to have to lay aside. I remember, speaking of my, my beautiful sweetheart over here, I, I remember years ago, uh, our granddaughters were very young. Just, just small. They, we, we've got six grands, and uh, Jaden and Jesse are our oldest. They are 16 and 17 now, but they were just little bitty girls. And Paul was in a department store in West Monroe, and uh, she had, she, she saw them, turned, and turned right back, and they were gone. They had disappeared. Scared her to death, and she said, "Jaden, Jesse, Jesse, Jaden, Jaden." Jesse, silence. And she went from zero to 60 just like that. She went from June Cleaver to Medea just like that. And she said, shut the door up there. Did you hear me? I said, lock that door. Don't let anybody out of this store. My granddaughters have disappeared. Somebody's got my granddaughters. Lock that door. Don't let anybody out. Everybody turned around. Somebody ran to the door to stand there and guard the door. And about that time, there was a rack, a round rack, that clothes hung down on. 
all the way to the floor. And two little girls come crawling out with eyes that big. All they had known all their little young lives was loving Nani. They had never met mean Nani till today. But you know what she did? She made up her mind just like that. There's something I've got to lay aside. Now, we, we live in a much smaller community than Charlotte, and so lots of folks know us. And she said, I've got to lay down my dignity. I've got to lay down my pride. I've, I've got to not care what anybody thinks about me because I've got to find my granddaughters. Uh, now, here's the thing. In your life, sometimes uh, there are things that will attach themselves to you. There are things that you will begin to hold on to that you may just need to lay down here today. There may be some friendships that you need to cut ties with. Uh, if there's haters in your life, why not? Well, just go ahead and make them elevators. I make my haters elevators, all right? I just let my haters push me to a higher level. But you know what I do? I just cut them out. I don't need you, okay? Woo! Negativity. All the negative folks. Uh, hey, I, I, I don't hang out with negative folks. All right. Now, what I'll do is I'll I'll try to help them. I'll try to help make them better. But I'm going to hang out with folks that are going to help me make me better. I'm going to rub shoulders with folks that are positive, that are faith filled, that believe that God can do anything. I'm not going to hang out with the criticizers. I'm not going to hang out with the complainers. I'm not going to hang out with the gossipers. They're gone. I'm cutting them out of my life. Are you hearing me preach today? Woo! You see, what blows my mind? Well, before I get there, let me just say this. There's some things that you've got to do and that I've got to do. Sometimes we, we just say, well, we expect God to do it all. That is a cop-out. That is a cop out. I've had folks say, Pastor, I just, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've been in this for years and I just can't get rid of it. And I've asked God to take it. He just won't take it. And I say, honey, he's not going to take it. He expects you to take it. And I show them why. And I'm going to show you where God expects you to take care of it yourself. Uh, you see, th th there's folks that live, what blows my mind, there's folks that live in Orlando, Florida that have never been to Disney. Wow. All right. There's folks that live in New York City that have never seen a Broadway play. There are folks that live in Monroe, West Monroe, Louisiana, the Twin Cities, where I come from, who have never been to the Duck Dynasty store, the Duck Commander store. <laughs> yep, we are Duck Dynasty. You know, long beards and all, they're from our place, they're friends of ours, and they have really put West Monroe on the map. Uh, but And so likewise, uh, there are folks uh, that come to church uh, Sunday in and Sunday out and have never really plugged in to the power that is available to them. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 says, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh my, they that wait on the Lord. Now some folks say, I've had people tell me, uh, Bishop, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Right, yeah. 
And I look at him and say, no, you're not. You're not waiting on the Lord. Well, well, what do you mean? I'm waiting. Yeah, you're waiting, but you're not doing anything. And that's not what that means. It means, if you look at the Hebrew, it means to wait upon and to hope for. But it also means to bind together by twisting. And so what I tell them, you've got to get so wrapped up. You've got to get so tied up. You've got to get so tangled up in Jesus that, that you can't see anything but Jesus. Sometimes we get so tangled up in our issue, we get so wrapped up in our, is anybody hearing me right now? We get so wrapped up in our situation that we can't see Jesus. Wow. Wow. Look at somebody and say, wow. Now say it backwards. So waiting, when God says wait, he doesn't mean just sit down and do nothing. He means that while you're waiting, you're working, and there's something that you have got to do. You see, the problem with some of us is that God brought us to a valley to not leave us there, but to bring us through the valley. We decided we want out of the valley right now. But you see, God gives us something to go through through, but he not only does that, he then gives us something to go to. Now I've got some luggage here. Got a little luggage here today. A little baggage. Turn around to somebody and say, you brought your baggage, didn't you? (laughs) Many of you today on the way out door of your house, Uh, you didn't step up to the carousel at the airport and pick up your baggage, but you stepped up to the carousel of life before you came to church this morning and you loaded up. Uh, Some picked up a suitcase of guilt, a trunk of discontent, a backpack of anxiety, a hanging bag of grief, a briefcase of perfectionism, an overnight bag of loneliness, a duffel bag of fear, a computer case of unforgiveness, a handbag of bitterness. No wonder we are so exhausted at the end of the day carrying all this baggage around with us. We overload ourselves with things that we were never intended to carry. Go ahead. Well, I I just don't understand it. It seems like the world is caving in on me. And that's the way Simon Peter felt when he stepped over. He stepped over the side of that boat. You see, when when he was in the middle of the storm and Jesus came walking on the water, they couldn't tell for sure if that was Jesus. The storm was raging. The wind was blowing. The waves were crashing. And there was somebody out there walking on top of the waves. And, And Simon said, Lord, if that is you, ask me to come. Jesus didn't stop. The, the storm. He didn't explain to Simon who he was. He simply looked at him and said, come. Yes. Come. 
and Simon bailed over the side. In other words, what Jesus was saying to Simon, Simon, the storm is blowing, the waves are crashing, but you're going to have to step out even in the middle of your storm. Get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes on me and come. And he started walking, and but that storm was his baggage, and he couldn't keep his eyes off his baggage. He got to looking, the Bible says, at the storm. He got to looking at the wind and the waves, and he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to sink. But instead of trying like we do sometimes to fix it all ourselves, you know what he did? He began to cry out, Jesus, help me. And I believe I'm preaching to somebody today right now that in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your turmoil, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of everything, your valley, your mountain, your dark night, I believe somebody right now is starting to cry out, Jesus, help me. I need your help. I'm willing to walk. I'm willing to walk through it. I've got to have your help. Somebody's catching the vision. Somebody's saying, this is my day. Now, Genesis chapter 12 talks about Abraham. He was called Abram at this time. Verse 1 says this, The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Now watch this close. I want you to let this sink in. And from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. And the next two verses go on and talk about the blessings that God is going to pour out on Abraham. Now look at verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now watch this close. And Lot went with him. Who was Lot? Lot was his nephew. I thought God told you, Abraham, to leave your kindred, to leave your family behind. I thought God told you to put something down and leave it behind, but he still carried part of it with him. Genesis 13 and 1, the next chapter, and Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I'm declaring to you this morning that Abram was dragging something around that had been a part of his old life. He had moved, but he was pulling the past along with him. I'm preaching to people today that you say, well, I've been moving towards God, but you haven't let go of the past. I've been moving toward, but there's something in your life that you've been dragging with you, and you have come to the place today where you are going to turn it loose. You've come to the place today where you're going to cut it out of your life. Are you hearing me right now? Jesus is reaching for you now. Wow. And in that ninth verse of chapter 13, he finally cuts Lot out. Is not the whole land before thee? He's speaking to Lot. Separate thyself, I pray, from me. 
And so he was willing now to make the break. Why do you insist on hanging around with folks that add no value to your life? Why do you insist on hanging out with the backbiters, the gossipers, the complainers, the bitter folks? I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm talking to somebody right now. Abraham initiated the parting of ways. Now notice the 13th chapter, the 14th verse. Watch this close. And the Lord said, turn around somebody say, God said. And the Lord said unto Abram, watch close. After that lot was separated from him, he had Abram had not heard, Abraham had not heard from God in a while. The reason was because he was dragging part of the past with him that God had said, You've got to leave behind and you've got to let go of. As soon as Abraham made the break, as soon as he left him behind, God began to speak to him. Well, I haven't heard from God in such a long time. God's speaking today and he's telling you do the right thing and I'll tell you more. When you are prepared to remove Lot, then you will hear the voice of God. In verse 18, then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. What I'm declaring to you is today is don't build a house where God says pitch a tent. Don't build a house in negativity. Don't build a house uh, in the valley. Don't build a house in the darkness. Uh, Don't build a house when you're in the middle of your struggle. You keep on walking. You keep on going. He's leading me through and he's leading me to something. And so I may have to pitch a tent, but I'm not going to build a house. I'm not going to sink roots here. I'm not going to build a foundation here. I'm going to keep on going. What? You are willing to walk away from determines where God can take you. Did you hear that? Wow, what you're willing to walk away from determines where God can take you. God wants to bless you. I'm preaching to somebody right now. The Lord told Abraham, I'm going to bless you from the north. I'm going to bless you from the south. I'm going to bless you from the east. And I'm going to bless you from the west. I'm preaching to somebody right now that God wants to bless you coming in and going out. God wants to bless you in the house. He wants to bless you in the field. He wants to bless you when you're up. He wants to bless you when you're down. He wants to bless you from the north, from the south from the east and from the west and I'm declaring this is a north south east west church God is blessing this church there's power in this house there's power in this place there's strength in this place you're in the right place This is where God has called you. This is where God has planted you. This is where God is going to keep you. 
Pastor, I enjoy preaching here, man. What a place to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, somebody may say, well, Bishop, I'm just, uh, you don't know where I've been this week. I've been in the struggle. I've been in the fight. And I didn't feel God there. But you're here today. You're here today. You walked in in the struggle today to the church. And there's something powerful about coming to a church with the atmosphere strategically designed for God to show up. You see, this atmosphere is strategic. This atmosphere is designed. That's why God shows up here. Because we invite him. Church is so important. The scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves uh, together as the manner of some is. And even more as the days get closer to the coming of the Lord. So we've got to understand the power of atmosphere. Some churches are cutting out and backing off on a move of God. But brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, hear me well, not this church. This church was founded on a move of God. This church believes in the move of God. This church has a man of God, a pastor that believes in the move of God. And every time you come, you're gonna feel the power of Almighty God in this atmosphere. Woo! There's power in this place. There's healing in this place. There's salvation in this place. There's deliverance in this place. There's motivation in this place. Your answer's in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, God inhabits the praises of his people is what the psalmist told us in the 22nd Psalm. And that, you know what that means? That means that in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your process, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your darkest night, you have the ability to create the atmosphere of your struggle. And so I've determined that I will not create an atmosphere of bitterness. I will not create an atmosphere of negativity. But I will create, even though I'm in a struggle, I'm going to create an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of praise an atmosphere of almighty God. That's what I'm going to create. And that's what happens when we bring our struggle to church. Oh, we come in and we feel the power of almighty God in the house right now. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 15 Verse 2 says, the Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. Now watch close. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation. (laughs) If you build it, he'll come. 
hallelujah, if you begin to worship and you begin to praise and you're a part of this praise and magnifying church, God is going to fill the place and God is going to fill your heart and God is going to fill your situation. He knows right where you are and he's coming to your rescue. But I've got to understand the power that I have at my disposal. Praise God. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12. Powerful, powerful scripture. Turn around and touch somebody and say, you're getting ready to learn something here. Now look at him and say, do you hear me? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about, are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Let us let us wherefore seeing we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us uh, lay aside every way God didn't say wherefore we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses now I'm going to take your weight I'm going to take your sin I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your baggage I'm going to take what you've been carrying around a long time no he said you lay it down the problem is many of us have given it to God many times and then we take it back. Where's Dewan? You know the drill, Dewan. We've already done it once today. Give this good looking guy a hand clap, all right? He's already helped me once today. Now, oh yeah, he knows the drill. Come on, Dewan. Now, Dewan, you better... Yeah, well, let, let, we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. There we go. There we go. He knows, he, he knows we're going there. So he's ready. He's ready. Now, Dewan, you better match that handle down, that other one. Yep, you got it. You, you got it, Dewan. You're there. All right, here's the way some of us go through our week. And here's the way some of us came to church today. When we walked out, we picked up a little a suitcase of guilt. We picked up some bitterness. Somebody has done us wrong. And and I've not forgiven them yet. They've never asked for, for my forgiveness. Honey, they probably will never ask for your forgiveness. You don't forgive them for them. You forgive them for you. Are you hearing me? For your sake. And so here comes Dewan. He's coming to church. And man, he's loaded down, but he picks something, picks something else up. That, that's heavy, folks. I told him on this one, it was empty when I come to church. I said, guys, put books or something in it. And they, they, they put something in it really heavy. Are you ready, Dewan? I'm ready. All right, there you go. However you can do it, man. There you go. All right. And so this week, somebody hurt him, somebody disappointed him, and so he picked up another bag, and now he's lugging this around. This is the way, now he's in church now, and so here he is, the worship team is praising, people got their hands raised, they're magnifying God, worship God, Dewan, raise your hands and worship the Lord. Pray, come on, 
tell you what some of us do. Some of us come to church and oh, it just feels so good to be in the presence of God and we lay them down. We turn them loose. Oh, wow, look at Dewan. Wow. Wow. And the worship begins and the Holy Ghost rushes in and we begin to feel the moving of the Spirit and we get our hands up in the air. We begin to worship. Tears may begin to flow down our cheeks and we worship and we magnify God. It feels so good. Oh, I needed this break. I needed this so bad, Dewan says. And then he says, this has got my name on it. You see, it says Foster on this side, and it says see reverse side. And over here it says William, Mark, and Paula Foster. It's even got my address and my phone number on it. That must be mine. That belongs to me. That's my baggage. That's my bitterness. That, 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 that's all the things that I'm doing. That's, I, that's mine. And so Dewan has taken this great break. So what he does now, instead of carrying it out, he kind of puts this one over here. And, 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 he, and he, he rolls them out so it's a little bit lighter, but he's got an extra bag, an empty bag, just in case somebody else does him wrong. <laughs> and away he goes. And that's the way some of us go through life. When I'm telling you what you've got to do is you've got to come to church, Dewan, and you've got to say, you know what? The Bible says God's not going to take this away from me. I've got to give it to him. I've got to lay it at his feet, and I've got to leave it behind. And so here I am. I'm laying gossip. I'm laying bitterness. I'm laying hard feelings. I'm laying anger. I'm, I'm laying discontent. I'm laying depression. I'm laying disappointment. I'm laying it down. And now when I walk out of here, I'm going to walk up out with my hands in the air and I'm going to leave it at the feet of Jesus. Woo! Let's everybody stand. Clap your hands to Jesus right now. Somebody's going to lay it down today. Somebody's going to say, I'm not walking out with it today. I'm laying anger down. I'm laying bitterness down. I'm laying a bad spirit down. Oh, I'm putting it all away. And so here's, here's what we're going to do. Our, our prayer team's coming right now. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to lay it all down. And so, if you need, number one, if you need something spiritual in your life. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.